Why, hello there. Do you enjoy shirts to put on your body? Custom character sheets to put in your D&D notes? Virian maps to put on your wall? Cool buttons to put on your... Lo lots of other stuff? All of the amazing merch for QPR and Goblins and Growlers can be found at Alpha Comics and Games, located in the Willow Lawn Shopping Center in Richmond, Virginia. Come check us out. I'm I'm grabbing a bottle opener so I can open this uh, brewski real quick. But I'm I'm listening. Uh, I'm here. You dude, I want a beer. I've got one in the fridge, but I have a cat on me. I can't go get my beer. I've got a cat on my lap. This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Hello, this is the Daily Cryer Listening Show. Nobody panic. Everything is fine. Nelson is out moment setting something on fire here is a suitable transmission from a person i found locked in a closet previously on quid pro roll i know we had the copper mask for opening the door we encountered another robot we suggested alita try talking to it in a draconic and it backhanded her down the hall we fought it to its death Johannes healed up the group, and then we ended part one by putting the mask on the door, I think. This is the first one where Solinar has used Shadow Blade, so I spent a lot of time describing that and using it to good effect. Yes, episode one ends with us putting the mask on the mannequin face in the door. Then, episode two is us fighting that dreadful Jester's Mask creature. It possesses Boat first, then Solinar rips it off Boat's face with Mage Hand while Johannes is holding him. Then it possesses Solinar. It's tougher to get it from Solinar than it was for Boat due to bad dice on saves and good dice on defense on my part. Then Alita is drawn into it in a trance. Koza tries to stop her by blinding her, which ends up not working. The mask summons ghosts for us to clobber, but we primarily focus fire on the cursed object. It goes on to Alita briefly, is wrestled off, and then ultimately destroyed. I think by a Johannes Shield Slam Smite, if I recall correctly. Y'all take care now. All of you collectively defeated the mask and if you guys remember from last time which was totally not like over a month ago that we recorded uh there were the spirits that were trapped in the walls uh had all appeared in the room and then faded away in what you assume was passing on to the other side you now all stand in the dark empty great hall did any of them give us like a thumbs up or a salute? No. Or a, a parting toot? No, but they were all smiling, so... And not like oh. creepy rictus grins, but like gentle, hey, thanks for freeing us from the nightmare smiles. Oh. Josh, put your face away. Refresh me on the ghosts in the wall. Was it like sort of like a rubber wall sort of situation? That's what it looked like. Okay. Uh, but it was a little bit more uh, Nightmare on Elm Street kind of deal. So it wasn't like Hole in the Wall Johnson's dead relatives. No, it was not the deceased Johnsons. Ghost in the Shell Johnson. <laughs> Actually. Wow. I think one of them killed her. <laughs> wow. That was amazing. I have never seen a mic peek and kick off that quick. <laughs> I, 
I don't want to know what that sound waveform looks like. It's horrifying. I'm that should sure. be, that should I'm be Alex's. That's going to be Alex's new text alert on my phone. <laughs> my God. You're going to scare people to death. That's how people oh. have heart attacks. <laughs> It wasn't even that funny. It was to me. God, Alex, their last names would just be John. Oh, oh my God, she's dead. We haven't even started, Alex. My abs hurt. Man, do we got to do another recording? <laughs> no. <laughs> right, so, no, it's 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 not the ghosts of the dead Johnsons. It, it It's sort of more like sealed away spirits of the damned desperately trying to escape. But again, you fixed that, so it's not really the case anymore. Okay. Brandon's very careful about saying anything else going forward. I'm just going to be quiet for the rest of the recording. (laughs) He's too funny. My comedy is too potent. (laughs) Very concentrated. From concentrate. I don't know why that got me so badly either. Like, I don't, for some reason that was just so funny, and it's not that funny. Uh, that should be the review. That's the review for our podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the internal review for our podcast. For some for... reason, it's just so funny, and it's not that funny. <laughs> Quid pro roll. <laughs> that's our next t-shirt. So, again, you all are standing in the empty Great Hall. There is, aside from the omnipresent ticking, which continues to haunt you through this temple, there's nothing. There's stillness. There's darkness. There's quiet, aside from the ticking. But the presence that you felt is gone. Hey, hey, Boat. Hmm? Do a guy a favor, and if he's possessed by, like, some kind of evil mask or, like, a demonic spirit or something like that, use a method to bring him out of that that's not an axe to his chest. Well, you know, in the past I've seen faith healers smack people who are possessed on the forehead and push them back. And I felt like this was a much stronger possession, so it required a little bit more of a force multiplier on it. This hurts so bad. I mean, you seem fine. You seem like you've rebounded from it. And bonus, you're not possessed anymore. When you say rebound, do you mean are still currently blading? Because Not that's anymore. what's going on. Blading is a revered tradition in wrestling. You should be honored to be blading. Not anymore. I've slapped you right here on your tush. <laughs> oh, thank you, Slap. Johannes. I, I like that that's how lay on hands works. You do like a firm, like open palm slap on the behind. Good gotta, game. Yeah, gotta really cup it. Good game. Nope. That's not how it works. You've got, <laughs> um, let's see, seven points. Eight points of healing for you, and I'm gonna do two for me. Eight for you, two for me. Well, I'm I'm still a little wounded. I'm still a little beat up, but um, it does appear that the bleeding has stopped. So thank you for that. Alita is going to sort of wander around the room looking for a door. Yeah. So we got rid of all the ghosts in the walls, including the mask ghost thing that was making all the ghosts be in the walls, so I can only assume that... Hey, do you guys think this is where all that screaming was coming from? You remember all those screams? I wonder if this is where that was coming from. Are the walls... Do the walls feel normal now? Uh, Aside from the fact that they're metal, yes. Okay, so it wasn't like practical effects. 
to make the rubber wall type of situation. No, the Copper Temple is not a spooky haunted house you pay $40 to wander through. If I paid $40 to go into a haunted house and they were able to do a really convincing wall effect like that, I would give them an extra 20. Um, okay, so it's not going to be a situation where we can just slice the walls up. Well, no, maybe. Copper is a notoriously uh, soft metal. Um, if it's thin enough, are we able to uh, are we able to sort of cut through the copper at all? I mean, yes, but it's only going to be as far as the copper plating gives before you hit stone. I mean, maybe I can just boundary break out of this. The, the, the walls are not made of solid copper. Well, you know, maybe it was just a kind of like a thin copper plating on, you know, some wood. Did we get what we came for? No, because you still <laughs> haven't found the relic room. Okay. That's and apparently the way that Brandon thinks that's going to happen is through speed running exactly. and through the walls. Exactly. I think if I push toward the wall going fast enough and reset, I'll respawn right outside the boundaries of this dungeon and can just walk through to the relic room. You got to make sure you do a backflip into the corner. Exactly. Um, yeah, like like Mario 64. <laughs> yeah, um, boat needs to boat needs to do some backwards flips on a staircase and eventually that will propel me to the very end. So, um Alex is unabused. We have not we are not reaching the heights of my ghosts in the shell <laughs> joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Koza. Go ahead. Um so wh- where do you all think the We'll find the relic from here. Well, we had, we had to use all the keys to get to this room in the first place. So, I don't know. Spread out and look for clues, I guess. It's got to be through this, this room. It has to be. Spread out, knuckleheads. Is this mirror still intact? The, the one that you broke and then put back together? Yeah. I mean, it's put back together. Oh, I'm going to pick it up. Okay. And I'm going to look at it and I'm going to fix my hair a little bit. Your face is going to be a little bit messed up from the, oh. the the damage that has been inflicted on the mirror before it was repaired. It's still a little wobbly. Our, man, my face is a little messed up and this mirror is a little messed up. So now it looks a lot messed up. Well, your face is still perfect as it was to begin with. But um, where what do you describe this room again? It's an enormous hall. It's fairly dark, but as you guys walked in, each of the torches that were lining the walls all burst to life. Johannes, are those spooky ghosts still in that mirror, or did we take care of that now? Hmm. I start spinning around, looking as if, like, I'm trying to look at my back of my haircut if I'm at a barber shop. Actually, a salon. You only see your own face reflected in the mirror. I rolled Hmm. a 13 for investigation. That is enough that you are able to see towards the back wall. There is a door sized. It's not so much a depression, but it is a very visible outline. It's a very deep recession. God, it's several quarters of negative growth. I think that Alex was like. Uh, look, a 13's high enough because it's not so much a depression for me <laughs> at how bad your investigation rolls were going to be as much as it is just heck and go through the door. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to the depression oh. and... Um... Yeah, talk to somebody <laughs> about that, buddy. Because uh, it's one of the Jodes over here. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go to the depression and touch it. So, are you going to gently put your hand on it? Or are you going to press into it? Um, gently at first, and then start giving it pressure. All a right, a little bit of pressure. Eventually, you are going to push hard enough that you hear a loud tunk, and the mm. and then it is going to slide back and then into the wall, revealing a large ornate door made of crystal, glass, and copper. I'm gonna knock on the door. <laughs> Hello? Who is it? You see from underneath the door, a light is shining beyond it. Is there a door knob? It's more of a handle, but yes. Okay, I am going, is there a knocker? No. Okay. I'm going to try that door knob. All right. So where are you guys when Kozo's opening this door? I think Solinar is, after hearing the knock and noticing what Koza's up to, I think Solinar is approaching and like, what you found over here, Koza? Yeah, I haven't gotten in the room yet, but also heard the knock because I was like, hello. <laughs> Boat. Boat is hanging back. A little bit. He was uh, still sort of curious about the walls and was investigating them. <laughs> why were these look? Why did these look so rubbery? So as Koza opens the door, a room appears beyond it with a bright white light that for all of you except Boat, who's far enough away, blinds you all for a moment. Well, when your eyes finally adjust you find yourself standing before a copper staircase that stretches up into what appears to be an infinite ceiling. You feel a font of energy beckoning you upwards, and the serene quiet, free of the omnipresent ticking of the temple behind you, brings your heart a sense of calm. Mm. Mop. Mop. Yep, my eyes work now. Getting some real Fanatics Tower vibes from this, Alex. Okay, I'm going to climb the stair. It looks like it might even be a stairway to soon. This, uh, so this stairway goes infinitely high. At least as far as you can see. So, um, should we, uh, us just start climbing? I guess. Whoa, there's a really tall staircase over here. We're going to start up. Damn it. I hate cardio. No, yeah, Boat's a real, he's a power lifter. He doesn't like cardio. All right. As all of you begin ascending the stairs, another flash of bright white light completely blinds you for just a moment. Is that wholly necessary? Ah. Mop. Well, when your eyes adjust... Each of you find yourselves in a completely separate place, alone. Guys, got um. Where'd everybody go? Hey, hey, what, where does everybody? Hello. What's We're the separate place that I'm in? You find yourself standing in the center of a ring, surrounded by a cheering crowd. Your arm is held aloft by what appears to be some form of judge. In your other hand a large golden trophy cup. Describe the trophy cup. 
Uh, it looks familiar to you. It is ornate and very clearly for a very large scale tournament. Am I, I would like to look down at my waist and see if I am wearing a belt. Uh, you are in fact wearing a belt. What to describe the belt, please. It is ornate, ostentatious, and way too large to be of any practical use. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, do I see a fallen foe uh, at my feet anywhere? Uh, you see the, like, sweat stains from where someone was dragged off. Okay. Do I, like, so I don't see them anywhere still being dragged off? You do not. All you hear is the adulation of the crowd. I don't hear my theme music? <laughs> What kind of wrestling win what, is this? What, do you think there's like a bard in the corner with like a mandolin just like if you're strumming? A, um, um, if I you're would a... like, can I, can I answer this for my client real quick? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. My client expects there to be a bard in the corner. Did you not read his rider? <laughs> that bard better not be wearing yeah. socks. I expect that bard in the corner. I expect that bard in the spotlight losing its religion. <laughs> All right. Brandon said it's religion because he's uh, he's really objectifying bards. He's trying to turn the table around on them. He's bardist. <laughs> Do I am I able to affect this reality or am I just sort of along for the ride? I mean, you're not frozen in time, unable to move. All right. Well, I'm going to hug the judge okay. uh, and then thank them. And then I'm going to just start posing for the crowd as they uh, continue to adulate me. With each pose, they get more and more fervent. Okay, yeah, I'm flexing. Uh, I'm running the ropes. Uh, I do like uh, an elbow drop just onto the ground Ow. and then get back up and, okay. uh, and cheer. Um, is, uh, is somebody coming out with like my my robe or something or like my, you know, like my valet. I mean, not while you're grandstanding, uh, but once you settle down for a bit, yeah, someone shows up with a robe and a bottle of water and all right. I roll out of the of snacks and a towel. Can they bring a towel? Yeah, they can bring a towel. All right. So um, I, uh, you know, I start walking through the crowd, you know, roll out of the ring, uh, put on my robe, start walking through the crowd wipe my uh, head and my face off with a towel. Are you and then about to of, mean Joe Green? Yeah, I'm about to mean Joe Green. I'm looking for a, a deserving child in the audience <laughs> to take my dirty towel. You see a small boy <laughs> with blonde hair and glasses. Not, doesn't look any older than like six. Right. There you go, kid. Here's a oh souvenir. My... Wow. <laughs> oh, it's so sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you behave, kid. Okay, Mr. Boat. And I walk, uh, I walk back to gorilla position. All right. What's going on in your mind right now? That depends. Am I aware enough to think that it might be a lucid dream or am I just sort of caught up in things? Uh, well, you know what would, what would answer that question for you? What's that? A wisdom save. All right. How about a 13? You remember that this was not where you were. You remember the fight, the ascension of the staircase. You remember being with your friends and then suddenly you were here. Okay. I must have been knocked out and I must be lucid dreaming. But then again, I have time traveled before, so I suppose it's not so wild that I could actually be experiencing this. So are you just going to continue rolling with it? I don't know if I have another option at this point. I'm going to start paying attention to all the details to see if there's 
stuff that uh, doesn't really make sense. Like I'm going to use the old Batman, the animated series trick and see if I can read any signs or anything, because if I'm dreaming, that part of my brain isn't active. So I'll know that I'm dreaming. Yeah, you can read signs. All right. So maybe I've traveled through time or it's magic because I don't think the brain respects magic. <laughs> Is my valet still standing next to me? Yes. Say, friend, uh, you know, I got hit in the head uh, a little bit there. Can you remind me where we are? Well, we're in we're in Tinkerhaven, sir. All right. And who's the president? What? What? What year is it? Are do we need to take you to a healer? I just said I got hit in the head, man. Just work with me here. (laughs) Yeah, but not as hard as I thought. I mean, you answer the, the question, floor. man. For God's sake, answer the question. And that's God's with an S apostrophe, because I know we're polytheistic around here. So the year that he gives you is the year that you wore your one, your second to belt. So I must have wisps of hair on the top of my head. Yeah, since it's 20 years ago. All right. And. Where are we going next? Um, he's going to check his notes. It looks like there's going to be uh, another circuit in Marine. I would like to uh, really pay attention to my surroundings and see if I can't detect any signs that it might be a dream of some sort. Okay, roll for me. Perception? Yeah. 19. Wonderful. So you're going to look around and... What's odd is that there seem to be, you're not sure how to describe it other than you can see seams in parts of the sky and the ground, even in some of the people. You notice sitting on a barrel, waggling their legs and sort of looking at you interestedly in the distance is what appears to be a six-year-old human child. Tank, I need an exit. With golden (laughs) eyes and golden hair. Golden eyes? Yes. Like yellow, like hazel amber eyes? Yes. Or just or just gold? <laughs> no, it doesn't have terrifying it's, fake gold eyes. It says 24 carat in the pupil. <laughs> no. Yeah, his vision is 24 carat, 24 why, carat. Why 24, can, 24. Why can I never be like folksy or poetic with my descriptions of things? He's, he's, a, he's a logic man. Yeah, exactly. Logic man. Well, Burning out the DM here alone. Also, we're in a high fantasy world with magic and people who are probably secretly dragons. Like the concept of a mystical child who has gold eyes is not so unreasonable for us to be like, oh. hold on. I say to you, I say to you, Bill, them, they're gold in them eyes. <laughs> yeah, this is Alex's economy, though. So even if we took his eyes out, it probably wouldn't buy us more than like, a, you know, a lunch or something like that. We'll get you a, a couple nights in the local uh, motel. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, pull, pluck these from the eyes of a child. Oh, God. Yeah. That's well, like it's... something a witch would need for <laughs> ingredients. <laughs> I require two golden eyes of a babe no older than seven. When I say eyes of Newt, I mean the child's name is Newt. Two pupils from a pupil. 
You guys know that, like, when they said, like, tongue of frog and eye of newt, that they're referring to things like mustard seed and, like, anise. Hey, man, your world. No, no, that's legitimately what that's from. In a world where eye of newt is mustard seed. The oculus of a child in 20. I, for some reason, thought you were about to say the oculus of a choculus. <laughs> what? I don't the know name what you of, said. The name of the child when he becomes count shall be Count Joculus. <laughs> and his eyes will turn from gold into evil dark chocolate. <laughs> The curse of the Cadbury. <laughs> Eat them now before they sustain other children. Okay, boat. What are you doing, man? Has the is the child watching me with their creepy golden eyes? <laughs> look, look with your special eyes at the child. Also looking at you. He sees dead people. <laughs> I mean, is he eyeing me? I mean, like not. Not like I not in a weird way. I mean, he's just kind of watching you. Well, is he watching me with a wisdom behind his eyes or an, the innocence of a child? What am I supposed to do? R- roll for insight? Yeah, okay. roll for insight. That's how you determine wisdom behind the eyes, right? Also a 19. There is something otherworldly about this child. And before you say, duh, because of the golden eyes... There is some kind of aura of magic, and it appears that all of the seams to this world somehow convalesce behind him. Coalesce? Coalesce, that's what perhaps. I said. Yeah. Yes, that's okay. what I said. All the seams of the world are in the hospital behind <laughs> this child, <laughs> getting better. The seams are yeah. healing. He's so magical, he put time in hospital. <laughs> He's like, yo, I don't like you. Um... Are this like, all right, when we're talking about seams in the world, is this like something I could reach out and touch or is it just constantly sort of off in the horizon? It's it's one of those things that when you turn to look at it, it disappears. Okay. Uh, I request another towel from my valet. He hands you another towel. All right. I wipe it is off fluffy and sweat free. I wipe off more of my sweat. It is no my, longer either of those things. From my body. Oh, it, you know, it might still be fluffy. But <laughs> please, please, sir, I'll have another. <laughs> I gotta, gotta share the wealth, kid. And I go over to the creepy golden eye kid um, and hope he doesn't have proximity mines or slappers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, say, kid, I see you eyeing me there. I uh, thought you might want a souvenir. He looks at the towel, then looks at you. Are you happy here? Aha, I knew it. I knew you weren't some regular <laughs> child. <laughs> I can see the seams of the world just so, like hiding behind you. I know what's going on here. Why'd you bring me here? He just kind of like looks around. This was when you were happiest, right? I was pretty happy. Happiness is a spectrum. There's no objective happiness, though. Like, yeah, I was happy, but maybe it was for was it for the right reasons? Was I wasting my youth and I was just reveling and that's what I thought was happiness? Do you not think you were really happy here? Are you a therapist? I don't know what I look like to you. You look like a child with gold eyes. That checks out. <laughs> look, Why would I you was want- with... I was with my friends and we were doing something important and dangerous and I just need to know what's going on. You've won. You can stay here. This isn't real, though. 
Real is a spectrum. This was real once. I've moved on. Have you? I'm trying to. Are you? You know, everybody moves at their own pace, friend. You know, baggage. There's lots of baggage that you get when you grow old, and you have to figure out ways to deal with it, and some people are better at it than others, and, you know, for some people it's just going to take a little bit. Maybe you want to call it running, but I know that this is something that's in my past, and I have to work on the future right now. He kind of pauses and looks at you. Why do you want to leave? Because this isn't real life. And why does that matter? Because I don't want to hide in a fiction. He kind of smiles at you. And in a moment, you blink, your eyes aching as if you were looking at a fire. And as soon as you open them, the scene and the child are gone. Am I back in the stairwell? Well, we're going to mosey on over to Johannes. I just before we do that, I know that damn kid when he smiled was saying without saying, he's like, oh, so you'll just go hide in the other fiction that you're living. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like projection, but please continue. I was about to say, that sounds sounds like you've got something to work out there, buddy. No, that kid's a jerk. That's what it is. It's not me. I'm not the problem here. (laughs) It's that kid. All right, Johannes, you are sitting in sort of a root nook under a large tree, a pig that you are very familiar with nestled at your feet and sleeping. The golden sunlight filters through the canopy of leaves, dotting the entire forest floor with golds and browns and greens. Aw, I love sun. And not only do I love sun, but I love you, Truffles, which I assume is the name of my pig. Truffles looks up and makes a happy, contented pig noise. Aw, Hello, Truffles. I can't really remember why we're out here. Are we looking for mushrooms again? At the thought of looking for mushrooms, Truffles gets up and runs around in a little circle. Go! Before beginning to do the cute little pig snuffles at your face, which is like the equivalent of, like, dog licking. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I get it. We've already done that. Okay. Where did we put? Oh, here they are. A basket of mushrooms. Everything Hmm. that you have found is at the peak of its growth. It is pristine, and you were able to harvest them without any damage. Everything that you picked is perfect. What a good season. I don't even remember picking these. What the heck were we doing? Was we just singing the whole time? Did we sing tunes? Did you make a new one? Like pig on the wing? Those pigs can't fly. That's not real. Oh, Truffles, you're so silly. We got to go and deliver these to all sorts of people, like that old woman who sits at the edge of the forest. Remember her? She probably has mac and cheese ready for us already. Okay. Uh, Truffles does a happy, contented little pig and begins following you loyally, as she always has. Oh, we're walking through the forest and pigs don't fly, but lots of people saw us and they don't lie. They say, Johannes and Truffles, you're the best at picking mushrooms. And if you weren't the best, then other people probably would because everybody works together truffles and johannes are the best together we've seen lots of adventures together
together. And if you don't know us, then we'll make sure that you know us because you take it over, Truffles. That took a turn into Matchbox 20 and then another turn Uh into the Bloodhound Gang. Yeah, and that's why we're continuing to walk. We can't go anywhere because we can't talk. We sing. Roll a wisdom saving throw for me, buddy. Gabe, please okay. make sure that gets on the soundtrack. I rolled an 18. Minus two is a 16. You remember, pausing for just a moment, that you were not here before. You remember the staircase. Mm. You remember the fight. You remember the quest and your friends. This mm. isn't where you belong. Mm. Truffles? Pig sound. <laughs> I think I'm supposed to be somewhere else. Confused pig sound. Yeah, me too, buddy. Hmm. I'm gonna ask this tree. Hello, Mr. Tree. My name's Johannes. I've been by here mm, seven times. Maybe eight if you count that one time I went backwards. But that also might be six because you have to subtract one. Here's the deal, Mr. Tree. Pleasant tree sounds. Well, thank you for acknowledging me with your windy leaves. Where am I supposed to be right now? And I bonk my head. You hear from up in the branches. You can be here. Mm. This is where you were happiest, right? Is this where I was happiest? Mm, I gotta think about this. I think... I've always been happiest. My life's been really good. Things are really good for me. I think that I'm supposed to be somewhere else, though. Why would you want to leave? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't think that I'm leaving anything. I think I'm going to something else. You never have to leave. You can just keep on moving forward, and you're always new things. And yeah, sometimes you miss things. Like, I do miss truffles. But at the end of the day, if you keep moving forward, you'll meet more truffles. Not the same, of course, but different. But the same feeling. You feel sort of this approving smile. You look up and see a small halfling child looking down at you, sitting on the tree branches. As you turn back to look at truffles... She gives you a final friendly head tilt. And as you close your eyes to blink, you open them and it's all gone. Koza. Uh, uh, um, hello? You find yourself sitting comfortably on a mossy rock surrounded by a lush green swamp. You feel the sunlight like warm, but not oppressive, sort of beaming down on you. And you see surrounding you pages and pages of detailed notes. You have been able to find so many new species and so much that you've been able to draw and catalog and note. You've never felt this productive at your work before. Oh, oh, this is nice. How did I get here? Next to you is a small basket filled with fruits, desserts, and bits of cheese. I'm gonna chomp down on some of that fruit and some of that cheese. You 
remember this taste. It's something familiar. You think, oh. as you're, you know, going through it, it, it reminds you of the food that you had when you lived in Aberdeen. It's this nostalgic taste. Oh, this, this is quite nice. Um, I'm gonna take a glance at the notes. The notes are thorough. They're detailed. And you remember writing them before. Okay, well, um... Uh, um, do I see anything when I look around? You see swamp. Am I, like... Do I remember how I got here? That sounds like a wisdom saving throw to me, buddy. Which, if you do worse than they do when you are the druid, I will have concerns. Mm -hmm. Small sample size. 24. <laughs> yeah, here. So, you see the seams of the world around you much clearer than... Well, Boat did, but that's not really a form of comparison because you don't even know that your friends are going through this. You remember this scene. It was one of the first scenes that you saw and that you experienced the first time you left home. The first time that you felt that you were just far enough from Aberdeen to not be found. And it was the first time that you had ever truly felt free. Oh, oh, so, so I'm back here again. And so I see the seams, though. You do. I want to try to stick a finger in the seam. The seams are a little bit farther than what you can just, like, poke at. Right, so I'm going to try to go up to one of the seams. As you begin walking towards the seam, it appears to flee you at the same rate that you walk towards it. I'm going to turn around and walk backwards towards the seam um okay i mean you can you are walking for like three unbroken minutes so i'm going to walk backwards until it feels like i've gone far enough and then i'm gonna turn around and jump at the seam the seam is the same distance from you no matter what you do almost mm. as if the world is being laid at your feet as you walk well um Ah, okay. Um, what do, what do I remember that happens, like, next? I think, um... You remember your friends. You remember the quest. You remember the staircase and descending to the relic. And then you were here. So, I'm gonna... So, like, I remember where I would have gone after, like, in, like... So, I would have had that moment. And then I would have gone in a certain direction. I'm going to go in a direction that I want to have gone in. Like, in terms of, like, physical direction in the space. So, like, towards a place that I would not remember. As you see the seams of the world move away from you the same way that they had, the world around you is still there. You are not walking into nothingness. You are not walking into a gap. Okay. You, you hear a voice saying... Where are you going? Oh, um, uh, hello? As you turn around, you see a small human child standing before you with golden eyes and golden hair. Oh. Oh, so you weren't there before. I've always been here. Wait, so you were there when I was here? Like, actually here? 
I have always You should have said hi. Here. Wait, did I come across as, like, scary or something? Is that why you didn't say hi? You know that this is not the same place, don't you? Well, well, this, this is a, a memory. You were happy here. Um, yeah, I was. Do you want to stay? Well, I was finished and there's nothing else to do here. I mean, I guess there's more to study, but as far as like, as far as the, 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 the depths of study that I wanted to do, I was finished. So why would I stay? Why would you move on from a place that brought you such joy? Well, it's not the place. The moment, then. Clearly, um, whatever, whatever this construct is, can't actually hold that single moment. Because I'm standing here talking to you, so, so even if it's trying to hold the moment where I was happiest, um, well, that moment's already in the past again. But what if you could just stay in this moment forever? Well, I'm bored. I I was ready that that moment. I was ready to move on to the next place. Why would you ever get bored of being happy? Well, no, because there were other things. I it wasn't the place. It was the 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 journey that was making me happy. He pauses for a moment, looks down, and you see a small smile stretch across his face. You blink, and then, as your eyes open, he, the swamp, the feeling of sunlight, all of it's gone. Uh, did he run away again? I... Solinar. I mean, he could have said hi. Hi. Leave hi. it. Hi. Leave it to Koza to space-time physics his way out of this situation. Well, clearly this moment in time can't last, because otherwise I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Ipso facto. All right, Solonar. <laughs> For a slight change of pace. You find yourself in a tavern. Things are lively, almost raucous. Oh, raucous vacus. I knew someone was going to say it. Um, you see Alyssa, Locke, Phony Bones. You see all of your friends from your old gang. Everyone is drinking, feasting, celebrating. There are body tavern songs and games of darts and arm wrestling matches. You remember this celebration? Yes, Tommy the Chimney is there, Brandon. I just didn't offhand remember his name. You're He's, he's there, buddy. <laughs> Too right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the only one that I immediately remembered off Dome was Phony Bones, because that is that name haunts me to this day. Um, Solonar's just got like a moment where he's kind of like staring blankly into the room. And then uh, he he picks up his tankard and like raises it up into the air and then drains half of it in one go. Yeah, everybody, when you see you raise, they all raise their tankards in a loud hearty. Yeah! kind of rings out 
there's a huge pile of treasure laid out on the bar. It looks like at least three small chests worth, just overflowing, spilling out. So the bartender, Solonar, is like, sorry, uh, are, are, are you gonna, are you gonna ask us? Are you, are you gonna ask us where we got all this money? I don't ask questions as long as I get paid and I'm paid up through the night. <laughs> yeah, you don't. And Solonar finishes the tankard and he's like, fill me up again, barkeep. And he does so from an aged cherry wood barrel. Oh, this is good stuff. Uh, Solonar goes back over to the group and is just kind of like sitting amidst them and drinking slowly and just kind of enjoying the camaraderie and the warmth of company. Your heart sort of swells with this moment. You see everyone. You feel the satisfaction almost like someone that you've missed for a really long time has come home. You know, it's it's times like these after jobs like those that I I feel like I'm really in the right line of work, you know? No, I know what that's like. Locke just kind of like slaps you way too hard on the shoulder in an attempt at affection. Uh, Solonar like half stumbles over the table sloshing beer everywhere. Watch it, jeez. Roll a wisdom saving throw for me. How's a how's a three gonna do me? Whistle. Yike. <laughs> oh no, I didn't notice the bomb descending on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone Whee! set you up the bomb. <laughs> make you make your time. <laughs> you have the time of your life. You remember nothing beyond the heist, your friends, this moment. And there's this weight in your chest and on your shoulders and in your mind that has been not lifted so much as completely destroyed. You feel free and light and warm. a co-production of Alpha Comics and Games with Goblins and Growlers. Our audio production and all original music composition is provided by Gabriel Perez. He can be found at Amethyst Audiomancer on Instagram. The voice of Alita and our DM for the podcast is Alex Smith. She can be found at Alpha Comic Games on Twitter. The voice of Charles Gravyboat Barnes is Brandon Dingus. He can be found at Way of Brandalore on Twitter. The voice of Eek and Koza are Chapman Adams. He can be found at What Are Birds on Instagram. The voice of Johannes is Alon. He can be found at The Dungeon Meowster on Instagram. And finally, the voice of Solonar is me, Josh Maltby, and I can be found at Black Cloak DM on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening.
And now that Solinar is trapped forever in this dream realm, it's time to start looking at my next character, who's going to be a gnomish artificer named Reginald Swamperson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, howdy, y'all. It's me, Reginald Swamperson. I'm going to be traveling with the rest of y'all's party for the rest of all time. <laughs> You're right. <laughs>